Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and this is episode 40. And today, we're talking about will second and third generation pastors stay in the immigrant church? A big topic. Let's do this. Wow, this is going to be a huge topic for us to talk through today. And as always, we got Bernard and Shu here. How are you guys doing? Yo, yo. Yeah. This is a topic that hits close to home. (laughs) We have all been in a Canadian Asian context and we've seen things and we've observed things and we've for sure felt things. So jumping into this topic, we're really going to be focusing on both second and third generation Canadian Asians who are pastoring in churches, but also pastors in general, would they want to stay in a Canadian Asian church? It's a very broad topic, but it is also something that, you know, often is perhaps felt and perhaps sometimes the aftermath has its consequences on churches that is often seen first and foremost. But we want to talk about some of the the reasoning. We want to talk about some of the experiences that have happened. So. Yes, big topic. Bernard Shu, what are some of the things that you guys have observed? And in regards to this topic, what was your first gut reaction? I guess from my experience, just growing up in a, in a Chinese church in, in the local area in Toronto, yeah, I, I just saw a lot of second, third gen pastors. You know, most of them were Chinese. They just kind of, they, they came in and they got they got chewed up and spit out. Oh man! Basically, and then uh, what imagery? Yeah, and they really got you know number put on them. I think a lot of what I remember feeling this is just historically uh, hearing from the pastors and and their families or the, the experiences that were kind of shared, maybe publicly or maybe not, maybe privately too, was that uh, oh man, there's so much red tape or or there's just so much resistance and, and stuff like that. And then the other side to the coin is this. I what I when I while I was growing up, I don't know if it's still the case where it was, oh, once these uh Canadian Asian pastors left, we had the the savior white pastor or, or savior, oh. you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that came in. It's like now we will really kind of grow or we'll, we'll have better experience or something like that. Or they can really relate to the westernizing next gen in the congregation or something like that, in a Chinese church at least that I saw. And no, that wasn't that helpful. I'm not saying, and I'm not belittling white, white pastors or Caucasian pastors in that way, but just, that was the kind of feeling. And a lot of them got uh, chewed up and spit out, burnt out right. pretty hard too. And they're like, I can't, I can't function within this, sometimes it's a toxic environment. So, and, and this isn't to, to point fingers or something like that. Just that, that was just the kind of experience a bit. And yeah, that's the first thing that kind of pops into my mind a bit yeah, when, I, when I think about that. And hopefully if you guys have been with us throughout our whole podcast, you know we're not trying to kind of create a division or between, you know, Asian pastors or non-Asian no, pastors. not at all. We are just sharing our experiences. We believe in the Canadian Asian context. There is room for both. And, and of, all, of all cultures. Of, for sure, yeah. all cultures. And, and all so we're, we're approaching it from that. Just to make things clearer, if you're listening and being like, what are these guys talking about? You know, we're, we're kind of seeing it from that kind of perspective. But Bernard? I don't know. Like, I, I do resonate with what she was saying. I think there is a lot of that. But I also have seen some very hopeful stories yeah. out of it, too. Like, in my tribe, there's been a really cool story of a second-gen 
pastor who's leading the English ministry of a Vietnamese church mm. where like just how beautiful the story unfolded and how the first gen realizes the second gen needs to be something very unique and gave them the blessing to do so and have now the English ministry kind of, or the English church that's formed out of it has autonomy, but still relationship to mm. the mother church. And it's like, they're forging this kind of new future together. This is rare. Mm. Uh, we don't hear a lot of these, sure. but I think, I think there are, there are hopeful narratives as well. So that's, that's kind of like immediately what I, what I felt. So there is hope because you've seen it. Yeah. But at the same time, it is usually an exception. It's like a sliver of hope. Holding on. God is bigger than that. Yes, yes he is. Yes, he is. But we're, we're acknowledging that it's, it's, as you said, rare to see yeah. that. And perhaps, you know, what Shu was saying earlier is more of the common yeah. experience that we've observed. <laughs> and like, we want to talk about this because, you know, we're noticing kind of these trends. It's not just that people are leaving Canadian churches, like in terms of members, but we've seen pastors and we've seen a lot of pastors leave Canadian Asian context, or even, you know, to kind of make it broad, maybe perhaps, maybe perhaps an immigrant church context, which has kind of been, you know, had that, you know, philosophy or ideology for a long time. But yeah, what are some of those trends? Like, what are some of those trends? And I want to go back to Shu. When you, you said some people are saying there's resistance. What, what does that mean? Yeah, I, I think the pastors who are facing resistance, it was like resistant to a lot of change of ways they maybe wanted to, to do church or maybe the activities they wanted to do or to, they had like maybe some fresher imagination or ideas. And it's like, I think the, leader, the leadership in, in the church was like, no, we're not going to do that. That's too that costs too much. We want to spend money on that. Or, you know, we don't want you to bring our people to that or something like that. And I found that there was, there was some resistance of that. And, and for me, that kind of encapsulates some of the issue to young and old. Okay. Yeah. Especially in an Asian church immigrant experience. I think a lot of it has to do with a certain cultural way that church was being done. Those values that were brought in by maybe the culture and honestly, I still feel it even today. Sure. As much as even my, my context is more, way more westernized, the values a bit still has a bit of a hierarchical kind of thing, which may not necessarily even be from an ethnic a cultural thing, but maybe from a business organizational, culture, organizational yeah. side. And yeah, and I think that's partly why some second, third generation pastors leave the church because they're like, I, I thought we were doing this together, but it's more like, no, you just listen to us. We're the gatekeepers of this or, or whatnot. Mm. Something I've noticed. Sure. And I just want to actually push that a little bit further. Do you feel that perhaps the younger generation feels that, oh, the older generation might not be as open to new ideas or to new practices? And the older generation might feel that like, oh, maybe these younger pastors need to get more credibility, more credibility or experience. There's all these different ideas floating around in my head after what you said is the older ones feeling that the youngers are calling for this radical reform. Mm. And then they're like, well, you know what? Maybe you need to take a slower approach or a s smaller step. But then the younger ones kind of feel discouraged about that. Like, do you feel like that that's accurate in, in, in what people are, are, are doing or seeing? 
Yeah, like I, I could definitely see it both ways. I think sometimes younger people are so brash. They're just like full of spirit and vigor. But at the same time, it comes across as radical or like, uh, we're going to do this and I don't care what came before us or who it hurts or, or like whether we have to go slow. Then you got older people who are more like, this is the way you've always done it and you're going to change this. Right. It's like, we may not be comfortable with this. Are you walking with us? <laughs> but on the flip side too, on that, I, we're, we're painting like the very idealist of, pic, of pictures, right? Like, <laughs> oh, we're both so so cordial and we're talking. It's like, no, there's a there's a culture at play usually where uh, I've, I have more experience or our Asian culture said- Sit back at the kids' table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> yeah, like we are at the adults' table. It's like you got like your English-speaking congregation. You're at that table over there. So it's those dynamics, it's way more complex. Sure, it is. But it is definitely, I think, important for both sides. And it's not just a side thing, right? There's even multiple layers of quote-unquote sides. But it's, um, yeah, it's hard to have conversations when, uh, unless, and I, I'll contend that it's those people who, who actually quote-unquote know better who are the ones who are trying to model that Christ-like attitude have to be ones who are stepping up first to be humble, mm. whether it's young or old. Those are the people who have to do it. And sometimes that, or most of the time, that's sacrificial. Sure. And But you will have some people who will leave to start something new. Full disclosure is that because you guys are listening to our voices on a podcast, we are in our late 30s and we're kind of in that time and kind of that life cycle where we were the younger and we're having now having been in this, you know, in this kind of culture or been part of this culture in some way or form started to kind of learn and see it from a lot of different perspectives. We, by no means do we feel that we can definitively be credible in terms of saying all the reasons. Yeah, we're not arbiters. We're not. Ar- yes, absolutely. We're not. We're also not God. We're not omniscient. <laughs> we're recognizing our limitations in this discussion, but we're also wanting to be hopefully as, as fair to both sides as possible while, you know, talking about this trend that we do see. I also wonder like if there's always that kind of perception that the grass is greener on the other side. And that there's a hope that, oh, out there somewhere, there's a perfect church. Um, and I'm looking for that. Um, or we'll build it. Or we'll build it. <laughs> and they will come. <laughs> oh, man. Feel oh, the dreams. Feel the dreams. Um, but just, like, I wonder if that's kind of part of the perception that sometimes many of the younger generations may also work with. Thinking that, like, you know, this is very constricting, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's very hard. So I want, I want to do that. Even myself, at some point, I may have kind of wrestled with that myself too. Like, is there a place that will be like, oh, they're going to be like more open to my crazy ideas and blah, blah, blah. But then not realizing just like church is messy mm. and church is chaotic because church is people. Yeah. And, and the reality is like, it may seem greener on the other side, but until you get there, there's like this other things that we need to deal with and address. Sure. Yeah, I, I think it's, Sometimes we're not willing to wait, you know, but I, I get it. I, I get the the impulse that there's going to be a pressure. Like everyone has their different kind of stretching pressure points. Right. So, it, and it's, it's, we can't, we're not judging where people yeah, are no, at. No, for sure not. Kind of thing. But it is like you're saying, I think the, the messiness of relationship, it's we'll, 
well, people, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this for the long haul, or I feel called here for the long haul. You know, I, I almost, I feel like I see that more rare. Hmm. But I wonder if that's like a, a kind of culture thing too, right? Hmm. Like I've chatted with some millennials and like they, they feel like three, five years is quite a long time in one vocational job. Right, there's a desire for change and movements, and maybe that's part of our culture. Like, change sure. is just so rampant, and it's hard to actually root oneself. You know, studying with Alan Roxburg, uh, he was talking about adaptive leadership in the church that's needed more than ever. And a lot of times, modern churches, and let's just even say in the Canadian Asian context, even more so, they're more about technical leadership, about like just dealing with technical like competencies. Cur- yes, yeah. but they're not quite adaptive so that's why like let's keep the system because we don't want to deal with the messiness with the adapt that's that we have to adapt to the change in culture and the change in where things are going so it's like i think that also kind of is maybe where yes like you're saying some of the millennials you're talking to maybe they're thinking yeah "Yeah, i I need i need a church that's a bit more on the fly that's more adaptive maybe and and i think that's that's kind of the key right like when we talk when john when you were asking about like what are the trends and it's interesting because like we hear a lot of people like, oh, we're going to try new things. We're going to try to do, do church differently. But if you scrape away all the, the glitz and the glams, it's just actually the same way other people have been doing church. Mm. It may be like church in a restaurant, but you're still singing the same songs, doing the same messages. Your liturgy looks a little bit different, but it's still, still church yeah. in the same way. And I, and I wonder, like, this adaptive leadership, it's like, it's like paired with, like, a new story. And I think, like, there's a yearning for a new story, but not an imagination for a new story. And, and maybe this is kind of, like, where I see part of the trend. Because like, I think so many people want to experience something different, something new, but just don't have the language or the vocabulary or the, or the, or the insight. And, in, like, so how, what does that look like? We just want change, but we don't know what that change looks like. Does, mm. that, does that make sense? See, on the, on the flip side with that, though, there is still tons of people who don't want the change. Oh, yeah. Right? They're, they're, I, at least, <laughs> definitely, I could say in my context, I can't help but thinking, as we're trying to think church as mission, church as joining God's mission, a lot of people are still seeing church as the thing I grew up with or, or like the tradition that I'm just a part of. So I find that's what's difficult, that there are pastors and, and people who are moving into that that movement and maybe younger is some of that but i do find there's the majority i find is still very much i want to stick to what i grew up with or what i'm comfortable with that that cultural rhythm of of just how quote-unquote church is done mm. so i that's what i've i've kind of noticed still i want to throw a thought to push back mm-hmm. like i'm not disagreeing with you at all in mm-hmm. terms of what you guys were both you're free to disagree but <laughs> I want to perhaps throw out this idea that there might be these dreams or an imagination of where things can go, but perhaps that differs between the younger and older generation. Perhaps there's a differing ideology, and you're talking about the idea of story. Maybe there's just not an agreement on that direction. Maybe there, there is a desire for change across the board, but perhaps everyone just defines that change differently. Perhaps some would be like, oh, that change needs to be like, oh, we need to have more of a dynamic service so that it can be more attracting people in. Or some people would be like, oh, maybe it's less about being attractional and maybe more like... Incarnational. Incarnational. Oh, yeah. So I hear what you guys are saying, and I definitely think that there are some people locked into one mode. But perhaps there's 
also lots of people who want change, but don't agree about what that change is. And where is that that conversation happening? I, yeah, I guess like that's the question. Like, who are the change makers? Mm. Who are given the space to make those changes? And who are you know like at the table in, in understanding like where 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 and what is God doing in our churches? And for our conversation today, when we're talking about kind of second and third generation Asian pastors or pastors in an immigrant church, would they want to continue to stay when there might not be those conversations happening, or they're not an agent of change? or they feel that they are just being hired on just to do a specific task and that leadership and change happens in a different way. I totally get it. I think that could easily be very frustrating, but on the flip side, thinking about maybe, maybe there's something actually deeper at play. Another thing that I, I wonder too, this is not, not necessarily about trends, but uh, when we talk about second and third generation, I also wonder like, is there a difference for pastors who are first generation Christian and pastors who are second generation Christians. Because mm. I wonder if some who grew up in the traditional Chinese church or whatever ethnic church versus somebody who just kind of like, well, I came to know Jesus in my college years and I want to give up my life to full time vocational ministry. Like, how does that frame church and mission? Like, how does that inform how they understand church? And does that kind of also stir up kind of that that wrestling of like so what should church look like because you know you, you don't have the same kind of ecclesiological baggage in a way tradition, tradition. Yeah. sure like depending how you see it so on the one side they can bring a very fresh passionate perspective because they have come from their own faith experience as they think about ministry but also at the other time when you're talking about like ecclesial baggage Perhaps there is some value in being in the church and growing up in the church as to un- kind of understanding how the church looks and works and perhaps thinking about like how to work within that context. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. If you haven't grown up in the church, then stepping into a church context might just be like, oh, like, why does the church do that? And can feel very foreign and feel very like, why aren't people open to changing things when they don't recognize that it might have been that way for like, hundred years, right? Yeah. And I'll kind of give a different perspective on that too, because certain denominations and, and how churches were developed, like even like Catholic church or Anglican, they look different on purpose to be holding to traditions where they're coming from to be very distinct from the world. But in a lot of the missional movement, it's about relevancy, right? Mm. And even if you go even to a, a more liberal side, a more postmodern side, and now you know we're talking about Oh, which church are they getting involved in? What what's influencing their ecclesiology? What what is like now, now people are questioning the traditions that right. they come from. Yeah. So that's why it's it's even more I think difficult where pastors fresh out of seminary or, or you know like they're trying to figure out their theology, figure out what what church looks like and how it, how come this is so the practice of what I'm doing looks very different than what I w- what I felt you know I was growing towards that. I feel like Christ was leading or through scripture, you know, interpretation of scripture. This is, isn't this what the church is supposed to be doing right towards? So I find that even that's like a, another conundrum within all that, but it's like, you know, you have churches who are like trying to stay traditional, you know, that's almost countercultural. And that's why I think even churches that have this quote unquote new imagination, they're going back to ancient roots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, they're going back to sure. wait. How can we throw throw away some of these practices that that were actually very helpful for us yeah. to distinguish 
we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of weird spot, I think, it is. that we find ourselves in. And you said it at the very start, this is a very complex issue. <laughs> There's a lot of different sides to it. From what you guys have observed, why have some pastors decided to stay in an immigrant church context? Or why have some second or third generation Canadian Asians decide to continue on as pastors in a Canadian Asian church or an immigrant church context? They're the older brother in the prodigal son story. No. No. Okay, okay, I'll just... (laughs) Man. Got real. Got real. (laughs) Okay, this hope, this hope. (laughs) Carl Barth says that Jesus was the ultimate older brother, so you can still learn. Okay. (laughs) A a topic for another episode. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) Well, I personally have stayed because I still feel a calling. I think I've been almost like 14 14 years now in my context, and it's... uh, very interesting context. I didn't, I didn't have to stay, but God, God kept giving me the reasons to be a part of this. And one of the things that I've learned in this context, and we were talking about it too, the credibility that, that, that you possibly have. If you don't stay, in, especially in an Asian immigrant church, you don't have much credibility. It's just you're the next, you know, the next pastor or the next thing. It's a blip. Yeah. And then you're moving on to the next one. You got to earn your keep in some ways. That's not the reason why I stayed, but that's uh, calling to not just be at the church, but to be a bridge mm, at yeah. the church. That if I know all this stuff, and yes, I do get frustrated at times or I can get emotional or whatnot, that I still am the bridge between young and old. Like you were saying that we, we even us pastors right here, we are find ourselves as that kind of middle, oh man, we're middle-aged. This is like, this crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're middle-aged now. We're not the young in this. I deny. Yeah. I deny it all. <laughs> I feel it, man. I feel yeah. it. Body. Okay. For sure. But I think it's really interesting in what you were kind of saying too, is you've kind of learned how to navigate through some of those dynamics. It's because you recognize that longevity does get honored and it is, you know, it Mm. is valued, especially in the older generation, Mm. right? And to think about if I am going to be an agent of change or to be continuing to be here for a specific purpose of building bridges, then staying here for the long term, and we're not talking about, you know, the millennial definition you just mentioned, Bernard. (laughs) Long term, uh, five years. Five years. Uh, but like, I know it doesn't go for all millennials. I'm just saying I've heard <laughs> that. I've heard that. There's some generalization. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, I, I completely see that, you know? I, I completely see that. And what does it mean to still be striving to step out in conviction and with that imagination while staying within the system that is doing things in a certain way? That is something that can be said about how to continue to build a bridge, right? And not to be a curmudgeon. At time. Yeah. <laughs> to stir things up just for the sake of stirring things up. And in regards to this too, you know, we're talking about will these pastors stay or leave? You know, is that a temporary thing? Is that a permanent thing? Is that something we think that, oh, because these pastors have left, that one day they will return? Or do you feel that some have just said, we're done and we're, we're out of here? And this could be a very cool preview into, you know, a series that we have been working on about talking to individuals about why did they leave and such like that, but temporary permanent, like what would your say be? You know what? We should interview my old pastor. He's still a pastor at your yes. old church. <laughs> but the, the thing is he left. He left he for left. a while. Yeah, he left for a while. And there's a reason why he came back. And, and it was just, I don't want to ruin the, you know, if we do interview him or whatever, but that would be cool to hear a story from someone 
who and he's very much second second gen third gen but mm. he, he left for a while and he came back and a lot of lessons that he learned and now he's bringing it back to back to my home church where he he did leave yeah. and it was temporary came back and actually the church received him back and to be able to still work within that context knowing you know the issues at hand or, or stuff like that it's just like yeah that that is a story that that i i've seen firsthand mm. and i i respect him I, I i grew up under his leadership his shepherding and you know i i can imagine it wasn't an easy thing to go back either right and you know what earlier bernard you were talking about kind of jokingly you know particle sons and such like that but do few people feel a sense of loyalty or perhaps a lingering connection to where they come from and perhaps wanting to come back into or giving another shot to you know the the, the family or church of origin you know like i'll share from look at my own personal experience like i you know i was one of those who have kind of ventured off and into church planting and whatnot. But here I am, like kind of boomerang back and part of the Canadian Asian kind of second gen conversation, especially yeah. within my own denomination. But I because th- I think part of it is to is to recognize that like our ethnic church is a part of the kingdom work. And there is an entire generation that's doing something very mm. incredible. And you know, like they many, many of the young pastors or older pastors too may be wrestling the same thing. The bridge needs more people to actually build it mm. to be a part of like closing in the gaps a little bit. Sure. And I think like, I may not be working in a Chinese church anymore, but I am like in the Chinese church conversations because of that. And I think some people are sensing that they, maybe they're called to that. They, they want to be a part of not just kind of like, Oh, you know, like I don't, I don't believe in this old system, but like God has got us there. God is still there. And God can still be at work. God is sure. still redeeming. God is still restoring. The The narrative may take much longer sometimes, but, you know, like, I, I think there there is that, that kind of returning hopefulness, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I think for me personally, I think God healed me by leaving out of Asian contexts, and that was many, many years to kind of bring back a positive view of the Asian church, the Canadian Asian church. But it's exactly what you said, that he showed me that, you know, the immigrant church, the ethnic experience too, has a place in the kingdom. And what does that mean? And how can we be more attuned and aware of what he is currently doing in that? You know, as we're kind of like starting to wrap up this conversation for this podcast, I think one of the the necessary traits to, to stick with it and to stay within, you know, the Canadian Asian context is the whole idea of what you said, bridge building, but to also recognize that, you know, from a 30,000 foot view of the life of a church, that perhaps we just play one part of that bridge building. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we're setting the stage for what is to come, but we'll never see the fruit of it. Perhaps we will never step into the promised land, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that we so long to experience and to be part of, but maybe we are just being used by God for his kingdom, for his purposes. We see the perhaps the micro changes that happen. Perhaps we'll never see the macro changes. See in part, but not. Oh, but in, not at all. Yeah. Are we bringing back old hymns now? Yeah. Scripture. It's so Scripture. good. Perhaps a mere dimly. No. <laughs> oh, mere dimly. Yes. Dimly. Okay. But are we okay? Are we at peace? with not being able to see 
and experience perhaps those big dreams that we have for the Asian church. But be okay with saying, God, just use me where you want me to use me so that your kingdom come. And if you want to use me for that big change, use me for that. But if you are not using me for that, help me to be part of just small changes along the way and setting the stage for whomever might come after. I don't, I don't want to leave this, this section on a downer note, but just thinking about yours, and of course, I totally agree with what you're saying. It, I do also find what's more happening more than not is, is people who are getting hurt. Yeah. By the church. Yeah, sure. And sure. and I, we don't want to take away that side. Just go like, oh yeah, just, just just go be sacrificial and keep going at it. And God will reward you in heaven or something. But that there is pastors more than ever, like mental health issues, right? Yeah. Like that used to be just, no, you have God. You don't, you don't need to deal with these things or you have these anxieties or pastors in depression or whatnot because of just some hurtful things that were done, done to them. Absolutely. Or even maybe, and then they also lash out to other people. I'm not saying it's only one-sided. So I think that's that's also something to to keep in mind where we 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 are trying to be hopeful we are uh, be, being those those bridge builders but also to keep in mind how we can watch out for one another that mm-hmm. even pastors uh, need that support that encouragement from their congregation and even one another and and that's why I think even more importantly there needs to be and you know we we try to do that within I think even our friendship as, as pastors and we have our missional conversation group with other pastors too that we try to do. So how do we support one another and pray for one another and 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 not just the yeah yeah I'll pray for you, but actually, you know, uh, have networks or gatherings that we can actually show that to one another. I think is is so important more than ever. Sure, I feel that younger generations are more sensitive to that. They're more sensitive to being more emotionally intelligent. And connected and recognizing the, the the depths of some of these hurts and what does that mean and hopefully have that also desire to sit with one another in the midst of those hurts and to be seeing the church become a place of you know reconciliation and healing and that you know that when hurt happens and we acknowledge that it happens all the time that you know that's not hopefully the, the end of that story or end of one person's story mm-hmm. but that know that it can fit back into the story if there can be forgiveness can be confession it can be restoration on that side of things and perhaps that's one of the the stones that god is calling younger generation of pastors to be able to start laying so that something can be built on top of that in the future i think that's the challenge it's a challenge yeah for sure for sure i was reading an article and i was kind of doing a devotional with our staff the other day about kind of dealing with generational conflict and dealing with antagonists in the church mm-hmm. and especially from a pastor's side. And then like, you know, there's so much frustrations at times. And I think there's a book by, maybe we'll put in the show notes, uh, Ken Haug uh, from Stephen Ministries. And this guy had some, well, the guy who wrote the article had some interesting thoughts about uh, first, if we have issues or if we feel heard or, or if something, like we have something, we feel someone's being very antagonistic in a church um, okay, is it like, you know, like as a pastor, oh, I'm leaving now. <laughs> no, but it's like, uh, even as pastors, uh, some people are, are we praying for those that are resisting or for, that we struggle with? Is that even on our radar? Just, no, I'm so frustrated. I don't want to pray for them or, you know, and that pr- prayer is definitely changing our own posture too. Mm. Another thing that they said, I thought was pretty wise was, are we prepared? Are we prepared to 
to communicate scripturally and, and our, you know, I mean, you could argument of interpretation of scripture or whatever, but at least are we prepared to, Hey, what we're doing actually, we're trying to follow Jesus because this is what we see in the word. This is from, you know, what, what God's been calling the spirits leading us to. Can we explain to people in preparedness? And usually it's more anecdotal, right? Right. That's usually what's happening, but some preparedness is happening. Another thing is persistence. Are, are we persistently at least uh, trying to engage to some degree are we opening up those space? And then lastly, it's just very simple, it's patience. Like, uh, a, you know, the supernatural patience, the, the virtue that has to be born out of following Christ. And yeah, I just, just thinking about some of those things, they're wise things. I'm not saying they're solutions mm-hmm. in, any, in any shape or form, but just some, you know, cheesy four Ps. Here's your <laughs> message. But I just thought that was something that was, uh, you know, it makes me think that I'm like, yeah, am I praying for this person or the people that I, you know, whether it's church, church leadership or, or it's a, a congregation member, am, am I prepared to actually speak or am I just speaking out of, you know, my butt or, or whatever, you know? <laughs> well, prayer definitely for sure is formational. It changes things, changes the perspective, starts moving us out of our pride and perhaps some of our hubris <laughs> and, and into a place where we can be loving one another and mutually submitting to one another and this goes across the board for younger and older generations is that like you know that that changes when we start operating out of a way of love and grace and prayer for one another and submitting toward one another amazing things happen amazing things can happen for sure i was gonna add one more Um, p no p though (laughs) p (laughs) uh i'm trying to think oh no there's no p word I, I wonder if also one of the postures, oh, the posture, posture, posture P. Uh, one, one of the things that maybe part of it too is like this art of listening. A lot of, a lot of times we assume things mm. as opposed to actually listening to the other person that has disagreement with us. I don't know. Like I, maybe I'm just like a big food idealist, but like, I, I don't know. Sometimes maybe just a meal is all it takes one to be able to really flesh out some of what we are misconceptions of one another i mean you know it takes a lot of a, a spirit of openness and candidness but sometimes we don't actually hear what's really going on mm. sometimes it's just what's in front of us and there's like like really on both sides on every sides when there's a conflict part of that art of listening is so pertinent to bring about that you know, maybe they just even forgot they're on the same side. We're we're all Jesus followers, and we love God, and mm-hmm. you know, we're actually on the same thing. We're just seeing it from a different lens. Yeah, for sure. That's a good place to wrap up this episode. As always, we want to give one last opportunity for a quick takeout box. If you have any final word you want to add to this conversation, so what would your takeout box for listeners to be continuing to chew on and wrestle with, and take back to their own context. I'm going to continue on with this kind of listening posture. Maybe one of it is just, just ask someone who you don't think you ever agree with. Just go out for a coffee and listen to their story. Listen, what has framed how they see ministry, how they saw church, how they understood church, how, what, what are the things, what are the, the narratives, the stories of people, the authors that have framed how they see things. And so, like, have an open posture. Yeah. I'm going to be a downer and go a little bit further down that line. So after you've tried all that, <laughs> if they're you're genuinely, genuinely, if you did try to listen and numerous times it's gotten worse because, 
some of us have definitely experienced that, that even if there has been space to listen and there's disagreement or whatnot, and there's frustration, emotions or whatnot, what's, what's next? I don't have a solution, <laughs> you know, just to, and I'm, we're not trying to give solutions, but, but just to think about like, you know, just our topic today about pastors leaving, you know, I think the only take up box that I just wanted to give to people is just don't leave, don't leave a thing so fast. Mm. Like we try to, we're trying to model what the kingdom looks like, the family of God. It's, it's going to be rough. It's like, people are very different. And uh, just because a system, and we all know every system's flawed uh, and you might go, mine's especially flawed or something like that. (laughs) What has God still called you to? Are you in the right frame of mind and maybe do you need some healing first do you need to to reprioritize or rethink some things do you need some sabbath space some it's just like you have to think through some of those things before okay this is just my profession now i'm gonna make it i'm gonna p- close myself off to all this and then make that objective decision or some of that i would i would just go like as a quote kind of takeout box just don't think leave so fast think about you know Maybe what do I need to to wrestle with, to think through, and make sure you are supported by brothers and sisters who can give you perspective, pray for you. And that, I think that's part of our sanctification process as, you know, the body of Christ together. So, and, uh, but yeah, like I just, just thinking through that, I, I, my heart does go out to a lot of people who are like, yeah, I had enough. Right. You know, I, so I'm not, yeah, I just trying to be hopeful. I don't know. I'm always not as hopeful, but yeah. And I think my takeout box would be kind of along the same lines to encourage those who have felt some of the things that we talked about in our podcast this episode is that don't let that create for you an image of the church that is negative, that that it's kind of shaped by, you know, the frustrations and the bitterness and such like that. Know that you're not alone. <laughs> In, in this journey, perhaps the challenges that we face in our churches is exactly what it means to be the church. Maybe it's not only about getting to that new imagination or that new picture, but it is part of that bridge building. It is part of how we are formed through the difficulties and the disagreements and the conflicts. Mm. And that perhaps that is the grace of God at work by giving those opportunities for us to disagree and to have conflict so that we can grow through them. And if we are to truly dwell on what is noble, right, good, and, you know, in a culture so shaped by honor and shame, what is honorable, you know, dwell on how he is working through those situations and and using you to be part of that bridge building and part of that change. Even if you never see it, it's okay. It's okay. And, you know, not letting the challenges of ministry rob you of the life that God wants to give you as part of the church. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast. It's one of our first episodes for 2020. I think we're about a few episodes in, but thank you so much for joining us on this journey. And we'd love to hear back from you. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, all those avenues. You can get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We imagine this might be a topic that is quite divisive. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you agree, disagree, or maybe if you share any of these experiences. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate and review and subscribe on whatever platform you have. And that helps us get this conversation out there. 
Once again, you've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.